welcome to this week's Progress with Unity podcast. Gareth, how you doing? Doing fine, thank you. Lovely. Adam? Alright, thanks. Paul? Alright, I've done my homework for you this week. Good stuff. Sleepless nights still alright? Yeah, it's more for her than me, but yeah. Yeah. Getting by. How did the bunny go down? Alright, went down well, thank you very much. Excellent. Mick? What did you have with the bunny? I'm alright, Barry, thank you, yes. Everything tickety boo. After you nearly run over me in the week, in your big van. Well, yeah, it was the one hobbling across the road when the lights were on, right, green. <laughs> Rob? Belting. Have you been away? Yeah, Berlin last week. Uh-huh. Yeah. You see any cabarets? Cabarets? Yeah. Uh, I saw plenty of breezes. Right. <laughs> A few eateries. Uh, a bit of, bit of culture. Right. You have any German sausage while you were there? Oh, yeah. Currywurst. <laughs> oh, aye. Uh, Tremendous. Yeah. Yeah, off the hook. <laughs> see anybody famous while you were there? Uh, Angela Merkel. John Barnes. He Together? To Together, All in hands. Oh. <laughs> oh. Scandal. Mm. Angela Merkel had a crème paint Liverpool top on. Yeah. Yeah. Burns on back. And John Burns had a, a some lighter a holes. Bad suit on. <laughs> what we, a bit too short for him. Lighter holes in the leather cap. Yeah. <laughs> Dan. Hello. How are you doing? I'm all right. I've been away too. Have you? Yes, I've been to Hindley. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and you got out. <laughs> right, anyway, I'm glad I've got you down because uh, we'll start off with your straight off the terrace review from uh, Saturday's game against Swindon Town, if that's okay with you. Excellent. guys, I believe I've just about got my breath back after that encapsulating finish. 5-0, 6-0, stuff all that. With a finish like that, I want 1-0 every week. I believe it was Francisco Jr. that bundled the ball home in the very last, very last seconds of the game, but I only know this because the stadium announcer said so. I have no other recollection of what happened, apart from 200, 300 people leaping around in the aisles, literally, because they were getting up, preparing to leave, and then just stopped in the tracks when the ball crossed the line. The most amazing, electric atmosphere. In a way, we'd come full circle from the first ten minutes when the atmosphere was equally as pulsating, Latics creating two fantastic chances Perhaps Grigg should have scored his, and perhaps we would have gone on to win by that predicted six-goal margin. But no, back came Swindon with the stymieing, slow-motion, Mogadon style of football. It really was so laid back, as if they were on the beach in Barbados or something. The star of the show, the Swindon town goalkeeper, Vigoro who absolutely delighted in holding on to the ball for every single second that he could. He was loving it. He was pretending to play the ball out to one man, faking to play it out to a second man, and then pretending to boot it upfield and giving it back to the first man. Wonderful time-wasting stuff. Yannick Wilchert had his usual bursts of speed down the left, but 
Eventually, they got a lid on him, and he was rendered almost totally ineffective. He had to eventually head off the pitch. Nice try, Yannick. Give somebody else a chance. At the end of the first half, only two minutes added on, and no yellow card for Swindon's lead actor, Vigoro. <laughs> At least, not yet. Swindon's mission accomplished for the first 45 minutes. Actually, I do them a complete disservice because the tackling was absolutely wonderful. I don't believe they mistimed a single one after the first 10 minutes. I believe there was one man who really should have been booked, automatically booked, but he was let off because it was the first five minutes. But I'm willing to gloss over that in light of what eventually happened. <laughs> For the start of the second half, Latics were absolutely dominant, and this continued for a very long time. But they never really created anything at all until approximately the last 20-15 minutes. Rhys James having probably the best of these chances. Vigoro, though, once again, at point-blank range with a very, very accomplished save. You see Askelainen sank to his knees. This was not going to be Latics day. Swindon had done it. They'd blocked and blocked and blocked for 90 minutes, and they were almost there. But, unfortunately, their time-wasting proved their downfall in the end. Five minutes of stoppage time? Nay, seven. And you know why that is? Because Vigoro was finally, finally booked in the 94th minute for his antics. And in added time on added time, like I say, I really, really don't know how it happened. All I know is, the ball ended up in the net, and I was screaming like a madman. On Halloween night, Latics were the werewolves, only coming to the party when darkness fell and the moon was out. Hard luck, Swindon. You played a fantastic away game. But for Wigan Athletic, the run continues. To borrow a phrase from one-time Wish FM commentator Matt McCann, there just ain't no stopping Wigan Athletic. Thank you. Excellent, Dan. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes. Excellent stuff. Excellent. Not too long, was it? No. Well. I guess. Then we'll have to carry on. Think this every week, innit? <laughs> Gareth, have you got some stats from the game, please? Yes, the stats from the game. Wigan Athletic versus Swindon. Possession, 53% to Latics and 47% to Swindon. Attempts, Latics managed 19, Swindon 6. On target, Latics managed 7, Swindon 0. Corners, Wigan had 8, Swindon 2. Both teams committed 8 fouls. Fouls, sorry. Both teams had 2 yellow cards, no reds, and the score, a very late 1-0. Very late 1-0, indeed. But Adam, very early doors, as Dan uh, mentioned there, the first 10 minutes, I think, I certainly thought so anyway, that uh, the majority of the plastic fans thought it was going to be a walk in the park. Yeah, it was similar to uh, how we played against Colchester in the first 10 minutes. I thought all we were missing was a goal. Um, I think getting a goal early on, we would have walked all over them, I think, because they were just holding on to what they got. They'd been lucky not to concede, and they sort of played like that for the... You, you saw them time wasting even from the first ten minutes after we started, so I think we just got really unlucky not to uh, go ahead. I think. Just pointing really because when they was actually on the ball, they knocked it around quite well, didn't they? And they looked 
and half decent side certainly better than the league position suggests better than some of the drops that we have seen so far this season mm, I, I can talk about it being disappointed I had money on Donald Love to score and he, he, he almost did it within two minutes oh, well you can't hurry Love yeah um, I, th- I think for me the, the, the key things was that although you've just said there they didn't play like a bottom side that's the first bona fide old banker easy win game that we've gone into where you look at the positions in the table and you think we're up the top they're down the bottom should be a win and to scrap and find that win because they obviously went out with intent to win and then it kind of slowed down after 10 minutes and they they kind of eased off a bit and you thought they need to show some character here again and to do that for me that's another box ticked well we're full of character Mick aren't we that's one thing that's that's for sure yeah we had to show it on Saturday as well but for me it was definitely a Halloween horror, <coughs> horror show because they were so rubbish I'm sorry but they were they were, they were if you look at the passing game the passing game was terrible you know it was uh, into touch it was like watching a rugby union game at certain stages where they were just banging it straight into touch the difference was when they ran with the ball, when the attackers, when the player was running with the ball, they looked pretty dangerous actually because we just kept backing off them. And this is what they realised, that, that's how they could actually um, get us on the back foot all the time, running at us with the ball. Well, they hit the post after about 15, didn't they? About 15 yeah. minutes. Well, I think that was a wake-up call to the fans, that, because we were all thinking, oh, grief, this is going to be like a club record score, This is, or it should be. And it should have been, actually. Which again, how, how do we look at that? Do we look at the way in which Wigan actually tore them apart in that first ten minutes with a passing game, a very good passing game, but what about the poor finishing? The terrible finishing, in fact. And do we bemoan that, or do we actually uh, applaud the actual build-up play? So there's pluses and minus for that. I do think, though, like as the game went on, they bossed it at the back. And that was that was it. It was like, okay, then this is our last line. You shall not pass. And I think they were very, very clever in that respect. The lad who played centre half for me, he would have given Norman Nunter a couple of bites on his leg because he didn't let anything get past him. And that unsettled uh, Greg. The difference was when Davis came on, and this is where we were screaming for Grant Holt to come on for me. Grant, uh, Grant Holt would have absolutely mulled that lad. But he was very physical, he grabbed all the time, and our centre forwards, our forward lads, did not know how to play against that. Well, I think the referee didn't know how to play it, Rob. Would you agree? Because how many times should we have had free kicks or, as, as we discussed before, we went on uh, penalties during the game? With, with Mix alluding to uh, that centre back, he was, yeah. he was after Greg's shirt, wasn't he? There was a, a couple of really good penalty shakes, cast iron ones, really. I think. Someone said earlier about it's a bit theatrical the way he went down, Donald Love, but I kind of disagree with that because sometimes you've got to let the referee know that you've been fouled, and I think that's what he was doing in this instance because there's a lot of people in the box. Um, you've got to let the referee know you've been fouled, and the linesman had a, a great view because I was um, where I'm sat, it's he's like sort of you know, 10, 15 yards in front of me and I could see it from where I was and he had a clear view of it so the linesman's bottled it for me there. the ref was probably on the other side so maybe he didn't get a clear view of it so you have got to let them know that you've been fouled uh, the linesman's definitely bottled it 
they, but they've got to be physical. They've come here. They've, they would have seen what we've done to Colchester mm. in the last game. We absolutely destroyed them. We've got probably best home record in country, and that's why they did the, the, the obviously the time wasting tactics. And they knew they would have had to be physical with Greg. You know, he's a man in form, uh, and I think that's why we brought Davis on. You know, he, he'll give them a taste of their own medicine, and I think he rolled the defenders a couple of times quite brilliantly. Uh, I think, we, to be honest, I would have brought him on a bit earlier than what he did. I agree with I think you. he would have caused a few more problems. I don't think Griggs' mm. physicality really caused them any issues. And I think once they got to grips with us after the first sort of, you know, 15, 20 minutes, we didn't really create a great deal between then and sell out 70 minutes. I would have been looking at bringing Davis on maybe, you know... 55 minute mark something like that there might have been a tactical decision because we had uh, Max Power started the game but he wasn't well so he had to he had to leave mm. uh, and also as we know Wilshire burns himself out quite quickly because mm. he's so powerful yeah. so you have two subs used there aren't you or you know you, you are going to use so that just leaves one and if you get a defender injured or something like you know he may have could have took Wilshire off for Davis at that point because I thought he fared it badly after the first half world shot. I don't think he, he really had a kick second half and I think he could have made that decision five, ten minutes into that second half for me. Mm. So Dan, you've mentioned the referee there and uh, do, do you think he was I think he was firm enough with the keeper? I know you mentioned the town wasting in your... <laughs> is it just something that happens... That's an open goal of a question, isn't you know, it? Is it something that happens... In football games and, and, and it takes until that stage to become or do you think he should issue that card within the first 25 minutes? For me he should have been booked in the first half in which case he would have been rebooked in the second half and sent off. Has a goalkeeper ever been sent off or any player ever been sent off for two bookings for time wasting? Because this guy is a prime candidate, this Vigoro guy. I'll give him a lot of credit though because it actually works as a tactic it slowed us down and the referee was happy to play along there was one particular goal kick where it must have taken him at least 70 or 80 seconds to take it and the ref just stood there like that I'm okay. going to allow this I'm going to let this happen I mean you've got to ask the question was his time wasting worse when he got booked than it was at any other point in the game no I thought no. it was no. worse early so, on so, when, when, we, when we was really on top yeah so uh, why is yeah. he booked him in the 87th minute or whatever it was it's so that in the report he doesn't, you know, he can say, "Yeah, I saw it. I did something about it." It was a cumul cumulative thing, wasn't it? He should have been persistent in the first time half. Wasting. He, you know, he was he was taking the pee, wasn't he? Mm. Gareth, I, I don't agree. I'm sitting to you all, listening to everybody moaning about the referee. We seem to be moaning about the referee every week. Now I don't know how much of this moaning is justified. There's no doubt that the goalkeeper did a lot of time wasting from minute one to minute 97. But our goalkeepers have done it in the past. Chris Kirkland used to do it. Ali Alabs used to do it. And we've applauded that. You know, how much of what we're saying is about frustration because we couldn't score that goal? Yeah. You know, we had the chances early on. Don't forget, they had a couple of good chances early on. Barry said before, they hit the post after mm. 15 minutes as well. You know... I don't want to jump on the bandwagon of criticising referees. Mourinho's getting the bad press at the moment for it, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, we have, obviously, every team does use it as a tactic. 
but at some point the referee's got to you identify that that's going on and then you say look I've seen you do this a couple of times now uh, next time it's a yellow card now he could have done that after t- first five minutes because the, the way we came out we was, we was unplayable in that first ten minutes and he was taking his time from then so he could have had that warning after ten minutes and then he gets booked and then the time wasting stops he's not going to risk getting sent off so he would have nipped it in the butt 15-20 minutes into the game instead of you know doing what he's done off for 90 minutes without the ref not doing anything well in the end I'm glad he booked him when he did because it allowed us that little bit of extra time to go and score the winning goal Mm -hmm. for me his time wasting got no worse so if it deserved the booking in the 80th minute it deserved the booking early doors Mm -hmm. I I mean what Gareth's saying about the hypocrisy of applauding it when it's our place spot on but I'm not here that's football isn't it I'm not not here claiming to be an impartial observer I'm here as a I hate it a biased supporter when he was at uh, Stoke and (laughs) Cardiff he didn't (laughs) I loved him when he was with us so yeah yeah, that's what it's about isn't it Um, (laughs) Lee Gasmore as well yeah, yeah, well, yeah. again, yeah. Michael Charging Michael into tackles yeah. that you you love it when they're yours and yeah. when they're sending your players up in the air. You don't was a little, the time wasting that you were doing was a little bit more exaggerated than what we've seen for a while, weren't it? And it, and it, it was a little bit more. It was uh, fun. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence, wasn't it? Lawrence. He was widely enjoyed. He's that lot part of it as well. Yeah, a lot of the cycle. The sport as well. Yeah, the refs let him get away. What you do is, when in a situation like Swindon, they did exactly what they should have done. They knew they couldn't possibly take three points away right, from Wigan, but yeah, you saw it. We saw it in the game that they they grew as a game went on. They fancied the chances they might get a breakaway goal here, and what they had to do was stop Wigan having the ball. And if their keeper was definitely going to be uh, playing his part, and not just to stop, because he did, he pulled off. A, couple of cracking saves that lad he did two cracking saves especially mm. the second half that one He's from James was, was really yeah. good yeah. And mm. then almost I, point blank that yeah. one and then I, myself I'd be thinking I can get away with this I'm going to do it and until the referee actually has a word with me and I think it was a bit harsh on him actually the fact that he was just giving the kick because he wasn't told to get a move on he was there was one point I saw him getting the, giving yes. the ref giving him the Oriole uh, the previous that, again, goal kick well, he might have scored at half time if you watch premiership games if you watch premiership games all the goalkeepers will try it on and tell the referee it doesn't make an obvious side for all the world to see but he makes sure the keeper sees it and it's things just a little hand signal which says come on pal get on with it doesn't make a big fuss about it but what he's doing is he's telling that keeper I know what you're up to pal yeah, yeah. just get on with it now forget we it we must have spoke at half time with him mate you don't, you don't know <sighs> well again we're, 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 we're being sucked into looking at and uh, analysing well, the, the referee yeah. when for me it was the shots what went into row Z of the bloody south stand well we had a target seven two, times with yeah. seven on target well, the, the, you know, we didn't have seven on targets all season last season yeah. <laughs> you're, you're out there, man. That's because the whole wasn't mm. Right. But at the same time, it's 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 our lads in front of goal. What, what matter? Well, what the thing is, it's all what's right in the end. Isn't yes. It? And yeah, the last word on Vigoro, I am certain he must be Dracula. And do you know why? He was scared to death of that cross. Oh. Hey. Do the right up. Vigoro, Vigoro. Cut, It's all what's right in the end. Mick, grab salt. Gone to Wolves. I, I almost didn't go on Saturday. 
Colwell said he was part of his plans the whole time, and I thought, you know what, he's he's been out for a while. There's been a bit of a, a period where the fans have sort of, you know, got over the fact that he was a bit of a bit bit useless when he first came, and I thought everyone was expecting good things. He, he's proved it at this level, and uh, when I when I heard the link to Wolves, I thought, surely not, because he's he's not even starting for us, and he be shipped off to a championship team but yeah he, he, he's been playing alright when he's been coming on his little cameos hasn't he mm-hmm. I was at a meeting last night with uh, which I'm going to come to in a bit uh, an FAB meeting with Jonathan Jackson and it was very interesting because we, we asked him about Grant Saltler and uh, what he said was when Alt first came from uh, when he first signed for us from Norwich he came with an injury and in about his third game that season as well he, he got another injury on his knee and he reckons he were brought back too soon. This is Jonathan Jackson. So uh, he was struggling. So he was struggling quite badly. And then we changed managers. And obviously, uh, Rosler didn't, didn't really care for him so much. And we shipped him off to Aston Villa. So the first season, we hardly saw him. And he hardly ever played for us. But he spent most of the time injured. Then you've got a manager who doesn't like him. Doesn't, it was obvious Rosler didn't like him, weren't he? Didn't want him. Well, on the team forter. Didn't even give him a squad number, did he? No, but exactly. So, uh, and then he ships him off to Huddersfield, and then he he, he has the ligament damage in his knee. So he's, he's not had the best of times with us, has he? No. Through, no. Not through any fault of his own, in a way. So. But I have been sort of slightly impressed with him since he's come back. A lot of experience bringing it on and helping the young players. Well, I, well, I think that's key to what his role at Wigan Athletic would, would, would have been. You know, we saw on Saturday the difference in the game when someone of his ilk in Davis came on. Someone who's got a physical presence, someone who wasn't going to be dominated by the by the centre half, who knows what his elbows yes. are for. Who, you know, like the lad was putting <laughs> his arms around him, bang, he got, in, he got, he got full of elbow. You know, that's that's football. <laughs> Grand Salt is great at that, and that's what Grand Salt could have done by working alongside Griggs and the other lads. All these are. You know, all these young lads who are coming through, he could be, he, you know, he could act as a mentor. He never stops talking to him, does he? When he's on the pitch, if you watch him on the pitch, he never yes. stops talking. Uh, and it's, it's good. But, just like on the radio, I guess. Yeah, like on the radio. But I won't be surprised if we've seen the last of him, if I'm being honest. I won't you know. be surprised if we don't see him again and he pitches up at Carlisle in the summer. Yeah. Uh, you've, got, you've got to look at it from the point of view of his age now. And as you, you, you said only a couple of minutes ago, Barry. He has to get himself into the contract now, and by going somewhere else now on loan, that's his way forward. Then fair play. But I did see someone who could have done a great job for Wigan Athletic, yeah. and, and I don't think one of our managers gave him the credit he deserved. And to be fair to him, it's not him who started this move. Wolves have come in for him, and he's had the nod from from, from the club. So um. who's who's still in football? Grant saw that manager who didn't like him. Well, we know the answer to that. Don't we? Yeah. Talking of managers, 
while we move on a little bit um, Gary Cole has been nominated for the manager of the month oh that's the kiss of death yeah. Yeah. exactly nominated not, not no, awarded the, the, four, the four people up for it are we've got Gary Caldwell and we've taken 12 points from 6 games so took 2 again Phil Parkinson I hope he doesn't get it awful team Bradford they've got 11 points from 5 unbeaten no. games in the month no you can't win it surely no this is this is the guy I think will get it Mark Robbins at Scunthorpe United he's gone in there since they sacked their manager and they've picked up 5 wins from 6 games and they've got a goal difference of 13-5 to five in their favour so that's not bad over a month yeah, is it? give it Robbins and the other one is Dean Saunders of Chesterfield who's turned them around a little bit from when we give him a bit of an, an idea uh, it's Welsh won four <laughs> of their six games and it also beat Walsall 2-1 so uh, but I think that shows how good we are beat some 5 now they beat Walsall 2-1 uh, so I hope he doesn't get it really I hope he gets nominated every month from now until the end of the season but never wins it yeah. until the last manager month. of the year for winning champions yeah because it's a, like makes us kiss Dean Saunders is uh, Chesterfield manager at Colchester no no you were right Adam yeah it was me I can't read my own writing <laughs> <laughs> I do remember Paul Jewell won the manager of the month quite a lot when we were moving we were moving up through the leagues when we got promoted to the Prem yeah but we were smashing it then weren't we we were smashing it smashing it with 100 points we yeah, were we were right Let's move on. Big game on Saturday. We're back into the FA Cup. We've got Bury. Aware. Now, Simon was going to do the preview, but since okay. he's not here, uh, I've had to do it today, so we've got a little short one. So, Lattice travel to Giglane on Saturday to face Bury in the FA Cup first round. This will be the third time that we have met Bury in the Cup the cup being the FA Cup the other two meetings both needed replays mm. the first time was a first round meeting <coughs> in 1978 we drew 2-2 at Springfield Park and then we lost the replay at Gig Lane 4-1 fast forward to 1992 December second round uh, Manchester, uh, we drew one all at Springfield Park the draw was made Manchester United were awaiting the winners we went to Gig Lane and we lost that one 3-0 so we've played them twice and we've lost them both uh, though they have won the cup twice Bury they beat Southampton in 1900 4-0 and they hold the record against Derby County 6-0 in the 1903 cup final they've struggled in recent times to get past the second round and they've only managed to do this twice since the 94-95 season so they're not really a cup side of course we've got a much more illustrious recent history we were winners in 2013 and semi-finalists a year later as we're all aware unfortunately last campaign under the guidance of Malky Mackay it's all Mackay's fault Crap we you. lost our first FA Cup tie in regulation play uh, we don't count, Malky. it's we all don't, your fault we don't count <laughs> the Arsenal one do we no, no we, we didn't no, lose did we no and, and worse, worse about it it was Bolton as well that, that uh, we lost to anyway it was the first one since January 2012 so we'll be looking to put that out on Saturday Latics and Bury during the years we've met 46 times we have 16 wins Bury 17 and there have been 13 draws of course we've already met twice this season uh, a 2-1 defeat at the DW in the Capital One Cup and a 2-2 draw away at Gidlane in October my team for Saturday which uh, I think we could go with is O'Donnell, Daniels, Pierce, Burnett, McCann, Cho, Flores, Jacobs, Junior, Vucic, 
and Greg. The referee is David Coote from Nottingham and he was in charge of our home win against Crewe earlier this season. Well, why so many changes to the side of why would you? Why would you make so Well, I think Max Poe was ill. He's, he's, he's just returned to training uh, Wednesday this week. Uh, I think one or two of them look like they could do with a bit of a rest anyway. Yes. Um, they've lost that buzz. I'm not saying they look tired, but they've lost that, that spark. So well, the parade buzz. It'll be going down Beach Hill. It will, yeah. Um, before we get on to that, Mick, uh, the odds, because Simon's odds uh, checker, which I've done, so not size odds, they're mine. Uh, Lassix, a slight favourite, so five to four. When you say you're, the yours, did you just make them up? No, uh, you can lay a bet on with me and I'll. Uh, no, <laughs> these are from Skybet actually. Lassix, five to four. Bury, two to one. Those are available, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 12 to five to draw. First scorer is Will Grigg, five to one. Davis and Leon Clark at six is correct score. One apiece is 11 to two. 2-1 Latics win, 8-1. A 1-0 Latics win is 15-2. And my tip of a 2-0 Latics... I said that because Simon always says that, my tip. My tip of a 2 is 2-0 at 10-1. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Get, get, get a point on that. Enjoy a career with your winnings. <laughs> so we've got... Uh, we're, we're away at Bury on Saturday. 18 quid a ticket. Uh, Jonathan Jackson spoke last night about this saying that the, uh, we've been in negotiations with Bury about the pricing, we've asked them, uh, we asked them would they do a tenner and they refused and they, was, they wanted to do 22 quid but we've negotiated with them and it's down to 18 and that's, that's it, so it's 18 quid. Take care. Uh, they they um, have said that the reason is because we'll be taking, we've sold 700 tickets by the way because we're going to be taking a large allocation uh, they'll need to pay for policing, etc. So because the scrubbers, yeah, well, they're, they're working a bit of a flank around there to get some more money, saying they have to put extra bobbies on and, and pay for them. Well, we've got Blackpool in town and charging a fiver. Yeah, no, you're listening. Yeah, but nobody's coming from Blackpool because they're boycotting the game. Oh really? Yeah, but we'll yeah. come to that one. Nobody at all. So there'll be zero. We'll do that when Are we they? come to, to Blackpool. We'll do Blackpool in a bit, so we're on bury them. Okay. Um, so do we see you going? Gareth. Looking at the positive side of it, I'd like to see O'Donnell, Jordan Flores and Tim Cho get a run out. You know, I think the, that provides competition in the team. Would you want him to say that? Would you like him to sort of give a score? Yeah, give both. Give both. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. It should be a cracking game, you know. Two to one at home. Yeah, it's good odds, that. Yeah. I think a lot of Bury fans will be uh, betting on Bury at 2-1 to to for them to win yeah. at home. Considering our last meetings. It could be interesting to see what both teams put out, of course, what, what, what sides both teams put out, because I think both will be aiming for the Championship rather than the FA Cup final. But You never know. You never know. Yeah. As 2013 will prove. Yeah. How do you see it going, Gareth? I think we're out. We're out? Yeah, we'll lose. Adam? Well, uh, this will be the third time playing them. We lost the first one, we drew in the league, so I think there's only one result for me. 4-2 uh, Wigan, <coughs> it can be a cracking game. I think we'll be through to the second round. I think we'll see some uh, of the Fridge players go run out. Yeah, I think Chell will get a run out. I think Perkins will have his deserved rest. And I think you'll, you'll see a 
the likes of Vukic come in, and I think we'll still. I think the the strength and depth we've got in our team. I think no problems. Or two. Mm, right. Paul. I'd like to see a draw. Back <coughs> here, then we can have another game. Really? <laughs> yeah, why not? It's not like you have to trek down to Bournemouth on a Wednesday night, no. is it? Well, if there's a replay, it'll be a tenner at the DW, yeah. by the way. Charge them 18. You can't have to uh, charge them same in Cup. Yeah, well, so we'll piece. run security out, sir. Just in a right quid, that lunch. I remember going to give it to you. Not in that way, Barry. Alright. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Also, uh, you're going for the draw? Yeah, I want a piece, I'll be, could be happy with one piece. Me? I think we'll edge it. I think we'll edge it. I think the um, the new faces in the side on Saturday, I'll have that vitality amongst them to, uh, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to predict a score. I just think we'll edge it. I think we'll be in the bag for the next round. So, uh, Rob? There'll be a few changes, I think. I think it's already been said, there's a few... Well earned rest. I think Perkins. I think he's played every minute so far this season. He'll probably run to grind north at watch it, <laughs> <laughs> just for a light, light run out. Um, I think, like I said, we'll see the finished players. Likes of Flores, Choi, um, Vukic, who's just coming back from injury, and Pierce be a good chance for him build some fitness up. Um, I don't see Berry making too many changes purely because I don't think they've got the squad to. I think they're running out of steam already, to be honest, looking at the recent league results. And I think we will win. I'm not that interested myself. I'm not going. We played Berry the other week. I can't be bothered. I'm not paying £18. Um, <laughs> Roland Rochdale. That's why I want to play. Wigan win 3 1. No. Come. Well, Barry, I think this is somewhat unpredictable because I've no idea who we're going to put out. It could be absolutely anybody. And despite what Rob says there, they must surely be bringing some of the fringe men in, even if they're from the dev squad or something. But having said that, it's not going to be a draw, I don't think, Paul. I think it's going to be 3 2 to Wigan. Oh, our favourite scoreline. <laughs> Well, I yeah. My tip is 2 0. Yeah, I think that's where I've read my team out. Um, that's what I think it's going to go. So, uh, yeah, 2 0 to Athletics and a nice draw in the second round. Uh, away some non leagues had some work. Yes. It'd be, be a good, good Proper draw. Good day out. Not some Tim Pot Club to yes. 80 quid. And then Liverpool in the third round. Come on. Blackpool on Tuesday. We've got um, the other Wembley Trail, the JPT. Not going to say anything on it because Paul's done a, a preview for us, so it looks a little bit like War and Peace looking over there. <laughs> I've not previewed the game, I've just been a bit of a backdrop on Blackpool. <laughs> right. right, so here in Wigan, we have a proud history that goes back thousands of years to the times of the Romans. Blackpool, go back 300 years, out there, little village, couple of, couple of ups, that's all. So in the mid 1700s, people used to go to the go to bathe in the seawater to cure their illnesses and that's where Blackpool started to sort of grow a bit and in 1781 Thomas Clifton and Sir Henry Horton built a road and they started running a stagecoach from Manchester to Blackpool 1846 the railways turned up 1852 gas lights 
And by this time, it was a boom town. There was two and a half thousand living there. 1863, they built the North Pier. Now, you would think, the next, 1864, they introduced something else. And you'd think that would have come before the North Pier, and that's running water. So they thought it was more important to have a pier sticking out in the sea than it was to have running water. Anyway, it carried on growing, the pioneering use of electric power, and the wake squeaks with the Lancashire cotton mills sending people off to the seaside. In 1879, they put electric lighting, lighting up the promenade, and people went to Blackpool to see the lights. Now these weren't the proper illuminations, these were just street lights, normal street lights, but they were the first electric ones, they got all excited. 1897, HMS Food Nelson, Admiral Lord Nelson's former flagship, ran aground in Blackpool and crashed into the North Pier, and it was wrecked. Formal? Yeah. Ah, oh, well, that's where his insurance company Food And some of the wood from that ship ended up in the Blackpool Football Club boardroom for quite a long time. <laughs> Fast forward a bit. 1912, you get the proper illuminations. In World War II, the Germans didn't do that much bombing of Blackpool, and there was a very good reason for that. That was because Hitler wanted it as a leisure destination yes. after the war. Oh. So to believe that alone, because I quite fancy visiting. Anyway, during the war, Stanley Clark, Aerodrome, they were building, Vickers were building Wellington bombers. Of course, after the war, that all closes down, and like they do, they re redevelop it into a, a golf course and an hotel. And the other thing they put there was the zoo, and the old aircraft hangars is where they keep the elephants now. There was an Air Force headquarters in Blackpool in the war. The Polish Air Force, because they'd been deposed from their own country, they had their HQ in Blackpool. And, and whilst they were there, they formed 303 Fight Squadron, which was the most successful unit in the Battle of Britain, taking down plenty of Germans. Hmm. So, 1975, the M55 opens, and all this holidaying in Blackpool, all goes to pot because you can start to go to Torremolinos then, because you're starting to get low-cost airlines, and with the M55 it's just a day trip to Blackpool, you don't have to go there for a week. So we've had the illuminations turned on by somebody famous, apart from 1977. Red Rum. They were turned on by an arse, exactly. So, 1990... Hey. What? Hey! <laughs> 2002, they redeveloped the seafront, and they built the high tide organ. Now, before anybody gets to that... That one? The high tide <laughs> organ. Oh, right, okay. It's an instrument that's played by the <clears throat> sea coming in. The sea coming in activates the windpipes. It's, it's like wind chimes. It's we would have tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. TBR produced cars at, at Blackpool. However, Blackpool was also the original site of Swallow Sidecar Company, which is a forerunner of Jaguar cars. And the most recent famous thing at Blackpool, a pitch invasion in a mobility scooter. Yeah, oh, yes. tremendous. <laughs> yeah, you, can't, you can't go wrong with a pitch yeah, invasion in a mobility scooter. So it's not all been fun and games though at Blackpool, because there's been one or two bad lads up there. 1913, the Brides in the Bath serial killer George Joseph Smith was drowning his wives and claiming on the insurance. Um, 1972, Dr Ahmad Alami 
murdered three sleeping kids at Blackpool Victoria Hospital. He was uh, diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic and uh, sent to Broadmoor <laughs> before being sent home to his native Jordan. Welcome to the PWU football <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, 1999, Stuart Michael Diamond, brutal murder of a 17-year-old heroin addict. <laughs> <laughs> How long is this going to take? Like, people are going to be asking words Paul preview. Right, you might need to cut the next bit out. We might get sued about this one. Only, only this bit. <laughs> well, that was a good preview, that Paul. <laughs> of Blackpool. Yes. The so, best one yet. Yeah. Interesting facts, though. I think we should fax a copy of that to the Blackpool Tourist Board. Yeah. I'm sure they'd welcome that. <laughs> well, yeah. Irish, what's Gaelic? Blackpool and Gaelic? Dublin. Dublin, yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Good fact. Mm. Do you know where you can see Blackpool Tower from Wigan? Yeah. Oh, well, well. Really? From what? You can also see it from Aspel. Um, from Aspel? Yeah. 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 Where do we have to stand? Top of there. Wigan, you know, like Hollywood, like the Hollywood sign, mm. says Wigan. Only if you can see it from the S on the skull. Skull's <laughs> <laughs> Eng. Skull's Eng. You'd be better off going up one of the tower blocks. Excuse <laughs> 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 Right, have we got any predictions and stuff for Blackpool? We're battling. We should do, shouldn't we? Well, we're all this confident about us battling Swindon, and I can see another potential banana skin because they, they'll come and they'll come to pack the buzz up across the front of the goal they've done well they've done well on the road uh, on the other occasion Blackpool this season but I think uh, I think we're going to have a toughie on our hands again I really do I think it's going to be a real slug it out game sadly I think we'll lose one now <laughs> I actually do I think it's going to be one of them games where we just get really frustrated and then it ends up a scrappy goal. I, th- I think we could have lost against Swindon after taking our foot off the gas. And I think we learnt a lesson there and the fact that we came through it is some other tick in that. Not, it, it's a different form of character. There's a difference between being the front-running team, the team that should be winning, and getting over the line. That's different to being a team that's behind and can afford to just throw everything at it. The only way you can beat teams like Blackpool and Swindon and other teams like that down at the bottom of the is you need to get an early goal mm. so that they've got to come back out fighting. Well, this is a cup game, so I think it's different, mate. For a start, I, I, it'll be, uh, we'll not recognise our team. It's going to make at least six changes from, from the last league game, so there'll be at least six, six changes made. Well, I, I think there's going to be even more changes made. There can't be. There can't be. You're not allowed. You're not allowed so many changes. Unless you've Yeah, no, but he's only got to make some changes from the last game, has They made loads of changes, didn't they? They made more than six, well, didn't they? And they didn't be booted out. And they won. I know. They beat Dis- Disgraced, Blackpool. You were disgraced. Yeah. Sorry, is it, is it from your last league game or yeah. your last yeah. game? Yeah. No, your last league game. Because yeah. we're making changes for Saturday's FA Cup. Your last league game. Right, okay. Mm. Uh, the other thing that too, we've not mentioned is the fact that uh, Blackpool supporters are going to boycott the game because the Oystons who run the club um, will be entitled to get some money because uh, it's cut competition so they're entitled to the share of the gate receipts so they're not they say they're not willing to put money into the pocket so they're not going to come so they've listed as a boycott yeah, I'm not surprised after what I said about them before you know, and the Latics uh, of today announced that 
the children's admittance of a poem, it's a poem for kids, a Fowl Frell's poem for kids. Every child ticket they're going to donate to Amy Lee, uh, a young girl from Beach Hill. This is charity that's been set up, so that's where the money is going to go, which is a, a lovely gesture. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, possibly Boise Captain. He was sub last night, Farrell. He came on. Uh, I think he's not been playing has he, this last couple of weeks. So uh, won't be surprised to see him skip him down at the DW Stadium. Come out, no. He's going to swap sides at half time and be the captain for Lassix in the second. Mm. That's going to happen. Yeah, he might do. He just might do. Win it. Yeah, yeah. Is it trophy? The double. I'll do the double. It's not like the FA Cup, is it? Where eventually you're going to come, up, come up against the team that you can't compete with. In this, we can. We should be able to compete with any team in this, and let's go as far as we can. Mm. We're nearly in. If we win this, we're in semi final. Yeah. Uh, the tickets for the final last year weren't were a great deal of money, were they? I, I, I don't think. Well, it's a, it's so a good day out for us, isn't it? Get them coaches running again. Mm. Stop get that bleed bus fired up. Get that bleed mm. bus, yeah. <laughs> we'll be there. Well, nice warm up. Uh, right, so after an evening full of trumps <coughs> and most other things, uh, I think we'll knock it on the air here. Thanks for that uh, insight into Blackpool, Paul. It's alright, it's no problem. <laughs> it was illuminating. Oh, really? hey. hey, do you know 1984, big statue of King Kong put on the tower. <laughs> <laughs> I've got all sorts here. I took them all out, I'll just try and keep it a bit, a bit... Concise. Concise, yeah. I've got another one, something else in 1894, I can't even remember, re read what I wrote. You've no idea what that says, have you? <laughs> Let's have a look. I've no idea what I wrote. Whatever, whatever wrote happened in 1894. Well, Zeus or something. <laughs> Thanks very much for that, Paul. It's, uh, it was illuminating and it's left us all rocking ahead of the Blackpool game. <laughs> so, on that note, it's <laughs> a good night from me.
Come on.